Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they them pronouns and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra and I use they she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, detailed descriptions of gore, detailed descriptions of food, references to substance use, hallucinations, and disreality. Arc 3, Episode 6, Lost in a Valley of Rot, from Not Here, by Hugh Min Nian. You are having a good day. Alcohol, music, monsters, dancing, a mani-pedi, pretty boys, your favorite heels, grapes, a chaise lounge, cologne, servants attention. Distinct components blending together to create an unforgettable start to your inevitable victory. But then that preening corpse-skinned asshole rang. Jing. They'd been trailing after you like shit on a goldfish for months now, feeding off the shadow of your accomplishments. The monster den you found, they cleared out. The gambling ring you extorted, they bought out its rival. The thieves' guild you sold weapons to, they fenced for. Jing, 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 even their name was a ripoff. One syllable chosen from a sacred book earned through combat. They were exactly like you, but worse. They even had a signature mount, but everyone knows ostriches are dumb. So when that preening, corpse-skinned asshole rang, you smiled. You got off your chaise lounge, popped a grape in your mouth, dismissed your servants, sprayed on cologne, touched a pretty boy, left your tent, and basked in the attention of your fans. 
Honestly, you couldn't have asked for better circumstances. A duel to the death, a hated annoyance, an eager audience. The fight was disappointing. They didn't last nearly as long as you wanted them to. You thought about toying with them, really, you did. It would have been funner for everyone involved. Them, the audience, certainly yourself. And you were nothing if not a superb performer. But your manipetti was drying, and you didn't want to get grit on the coat. So you snapped Jing's neck, and the audience loved it. And now, as Cain poses in front of their tent, arms splayed, robes draped lazily across their lithe form, we pan to our heroes in the audience. V, Dewey, and Oka, who is currently standing behind Cain and invisible. Jing lies dead at the blue-skinned tiefling's feet. Their retinue, a gang of ostrich-riding bandits, looks absolutely shocked. As the crowd cheers and cheers and cheers for Cain, who waves their hands, egging them on, what do the three of you do? I think Oka is somewhere, I imagine there's kind of like a, like a circle, and they're halfway in it and halfway out. Uh, I think they were heading toward where V was, and then stopped to watch this shit show go down. And they see everything and there are a few like calculations going in their mind unlike i think the way that invisibility normally dispels starting from oka's like outstretched fingertips they seem to reappear with like shadow just like lifting off of their skin back into reality i'd like to use my blood maledict to cast a curse of the fallen puppet to connect my blood with Jing's as it starts to pour out of my nose and use his body to attack Kane very briefly. Uh, and I would like to amplify the effect, which means that I can move Jing up to half of his movement and add my intelligence modifier to my attack roll. Great. Just to correct, Jing uses they, them, or used they, them pronouns. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Awesome. So does that require a roll? How does that work? Uh, I am about to make an attack roll. Go for it. Make the roll and then describe what happens. 22. Does a 22 hit Kane? Uh, 22 just hits. So why don't you roll damage? Excellent. As Jing's body falls and is still, all of a sudden, like, their arm twitches and then grasps that, like, circular blade you were talking about and just slices outward, kind of like on at the thigh. It would be with Jing's weapon. So I don't know how much damage that would deal. Okay, so roll 4d6 for Jing's damage. A dead person does more damage than I do? <laughs> oh, do we? But how much does your 14 points from damage? So what does it look like as Jing's corpse suddenly lurches back to life and lashes out with a chakram? Oka comes in, like, it, like, the shadow just, like, peels off of them, like, up in layers. And it doesn't, all, it, like, doesn't really make sense until Jing, like, pretty much, like, takes their exact position like slices once and then falls again against Kane's leg. And as that happens, Oka, with their bloody nose, I would like to use my brand of castigation on Kane. My arcane seal will seep into that wound. When I damage a creature with a crimson right feature, I can choose to sear an arcane brand into them. It requires no action, and I will always know the direction of the target, and it lasts until I dismiss it. So that all happens in just like one silent moment. 
What does the brand of castigation look like? The antler with a dragon wrapped around it, like in a circle. When Jing slashes Kane, does it appear on Kane's leg? Uh, I was going to say no, but I think that's funner. So yes, it does. Like drawn on with blood almost, but you can't wipe it away. Okay. Uh, Jing's body lurches forward. The chakram goes flying. And I think because Kane was distracted, very confident that they had just straight up killed Jing, so was not expecting their body to attack them again. Their eyes flash to the side as soon as there's movement. And they twist, they turn, they spin in a single fluid graceful motion, but it's just a split second too late. Uh, as Jing rakes the uh, serrated edge of the chakram against, let's say, Kane's thigh, there is a line of red flung through the air, and blood splotches against the ground, uh, like a, a paintbrush being flicked. Uh, and Kane lands gracefully a few feet away, uh, as Jing's body just... Uh, <coughs> right like lurches forward and the crowd gasps right and Kane tilts their head to the side in confused interest and your invisibility sloughs off your body like shadow Oka and you're standing there with your arm outstretched in the exact same position as Jing's body and Kane goes my 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 now what is this quick as they can Oka like lowers their hand but I don't think it's quite fast enough uh, and they take like two steps back and they don't say much. Kane reaches down to their bleeding leg. When their fingers come away, they're streaked with, with red. Uh, and they lick the blood off of each finger carefully. Uh, as you can see your brand of castigation like burned against their thigh, they glance down and they say, Now what did you do to me, you little insect? Till next time. Uh, and Oka fucks off as fast as I can, like right into the crowd. I'm fucking off. I am be I am gone. Uh, like right towards V, like grab V, turn her around, and like into the crowd we go. V, Dewey, Oka turns to like flee. What did the two of you do to help them? V just reaches up and shoots up another fireball spell up in the air, like a fireworks style, like last time, but like blinding and like trying to like distract and. We'll even use a minor illusion to like make it like turn into some type of nefarious creature of fire flying through the air, maybe. Okay, V, why don't you roll performance <laughs> to see how well your distraction works? I'm gonna use my last personal inspiration. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, sounds good. So that is 15. Okay, 15 will fool the crowd, but it will not fool Kane. Dewey, would you like to jump in to try to help? No, no, Max just shook her head. Do you see? He's like poking out of uh, his head out of the tent, and when he sees Oka and V like coming towards the tent, he like closes it and puts his back against them. Because <laughs> Kane is coming after them, and he does not want to be there for that. That's true. You do have a history with Kane. Fireworks and illusions start sprouting out of V. I mean, there are a ton of people. I'm trying to like blend in with them. This is the only time that I feel good about being five foot nine, five foot eight. Damn. Just trying to like get low, bob and weave. And instead of making a beeline right for our tent, Oka's going to like take take a journey, one could say, like through the other tents, weaving, bobbing, and then making like a long, a big circle back. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Holding onto like V's back and like moving them both along. Okay. What is the bonus you get to acrobatics? Seven. Okay, 15 plus 7 is a 22. So let's say that is successful to evade Kane. So Oka, you run past Kane and they go, 
hold on now. Uh, and they move forward, but then boo, 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 fireworks shoot out of V. The crowd goes, what? Ah, you know, they're distracted from the moving corpse that now boo falls back to the ground as you run away from it. Okay, you disappear into the crowd. You shove past people. You ignore the exploding firework display, like uh, crowning above your head and like the darkening sky, like some sort of false constellation, right? You lose Kane uh, in the crowd. Maybe you're like looking back over your shoulder, um, but you no longer see their long midnight blue horns uh, coming after you. And now, speaking of the tent, let's cut to Manaya. Manaya, you have decided to not watch Kane. Uh, you have decided to move off from Tanga's tent in search of Talat. So while all of this has been happening, starting from when Oka and V tried to infiltrate Kane's tent, uh, you know, and when Dewey was talking to Tonga and all those hijinks were going on, what have you been doing to try to find Talat? I was still talking to the bone break blood stompers. She's going off past T Kane's tent to get to Tonga's down the horse line, looking for something more rugged, something more permanent, whether it's a tent or maybe like a small cottage, something that stands out as maybe this isn't a regular competitor that just got here today. Okay, why don't you make a perception check for me, please, as you go down the hill toward where the grassy knoll evens out uh, and the dark first line of trees looms up toward, toward you to greet you. What did you get? I'm going to keep this 12. Okay, a 12. You look around, the closest tents have dared to erect uh, their their shanties maybe like 30 feet away from the, the tree line. No one really wants to get too close uh, because it is cloth owl jungle and even without the carnival, it's pretty dangerous because uh, it's a nature preserve with all sorts of beasts and like dangerous flora and fauna inside. You do notice, however, with a 12, a path, a very subtle path. That just a regular person who wasn't looking for anything might have missed. But it seems to lead deeper into the woods. I'll look down the path, see if I can see anything in the woods before daring to venture in. You squint at the darkening path because the sunless sky is starting to dim at this point. And you notice something that might be a structure. 50 or 60 feet into the tree line, uh, but built against a tree. Not, not not like a treehouse, but where like people might uh, set up like a hunting station, like in the trees. You can't tell with your fourteen if it's populated right now or how old it is. Mm. Whether or not it's populated, it's the best that she's got so far. So Manaya is going to prepare the spell Misty Step in case anything goes wrong, and venture in. The weave pulls tight at your body as the magic of Misty Step swirls inside your soul, ready to take you to safety uh, should danger strike. And as you venture into the wood, you see signs nailed to trees by the front of the tree line in all eight languages as well as common, basically being like, keep out, danger, do not enter, etc., etc., etc. Some of these signs look rather old. Some of them look very new. Your boots crunch leaves and snap twigs underfoot, and the smell of damp earth uh, wafts up from the dead forest floor to greet you. You hear the chirping of birds, the rustling of wings, and the buzzing of insects as you walk. There doesn't appear to be anyone else in here. And within a few moments, you arrive at, let's say, the hunting shack. You look up, you approach, there does not appear to be anyone in it, but something rather odd. There's a bunch of leaves 
uh, piled in the shack. Like, almost like a person-sized, like, huge pile of leaves. And I was gonna walk up, and she's gonna pick one up. Let her magic coalesce in her fingertips to maybe get a better grasp of what's going on here. So the shack is in the branches. Are you gonna, like, climb a few feet up and then pull out a leaf, or...? Sure. Okay, just make an athletics check for me. 17. Okay, that is more than sufficient. You cl- you grab onto the rough bark of the sturdy tree and you haul yourself a couple feet up and then you reach out and pick up pick, pick up a leaf. Or at least you try to. Uh, because the leaf, as soon as you pick it up, seems to be connected to the rest of the leaves by a net. Uh, and then the entire pile like moves, right? And the leaves all sort of slough off of the body of a human. And it turns out that this was a human hiding under like a leaf suit. It's like a huge cape of leaves shrugged off and you look directly into the face of Talat Ohm. Uh, This human ranger, she's got like mud and dirt like on her face, you know, uh, very natural, you know, with the uh, the, pig- the lightly pigmented skin uh, uh, crisscrossing over her face uh, and this shock of like a, a crisply cut bra- uh, black hair around like a dark brown face. Uh, she turns to you and you see that she actually was in the middle of having like a, a, a short bow drawn, but like under under the pile, like hidden. She turns and says, who are you? What do you want? It's dangerous in hey, here. Hey, I mean, you know harm. I just want to talk. Manaya, assumingly used her axe a little bit to climb up, is going to latch it into the bottom of the platform and swing up. You can easily do that with your 17 athletics check. As you swing yourself up with this huge axe, latching onto the bottom of the platform, Talat's eyes widen, and she jumps off the platform, like the 15-foot drop, right? She actually does like a backflip somersault through the air, jumping off, and lands extremely lightly on her feet 15 feet down and you see that in that moment she has not in while she was in the air she knocked an arrow and let it loose as like a warning shot and the arrow lodges into the trunk like near your face but like clearly was not meant to actually hurt you and she lands at the base of the tree and has already knocked another arrow and is pointing it at you says what do you want i just want to talk i'm here by the carnival not the championship the carnival I'm wary of people who bring large weapons to talk. It's more of a tool than a weapon. Are you familiar with the Hanahi? It's Han style. She takes you in carefully. Have you, you've got like your hands raised, right? In like a pacifistic gesture. You one of the championship contenders? I'm here to stop the carnival. The championship just happens to be the same. A lot of the champions, men and women and good guards have tried to stop the carnival. What makes you think you can do it? May we talk? It will take a little bit of it explaining. Well, you did scare away all the game with your loud, clunking climbing. So I suppose there's nothing else for me to do. Uh, and she slowly lowers, like, the bow, but, like, is still regarding you very warily. And I will jump down. You land, and, like, she eyes your outfit up and down, and her eyes linger on your huge axe. What do you need me for? How do you know who I am? Why me? Benaya sits down at this point, surrounded maybe by leaves, and she says, Have you heard the stories of the Paragons? (laughs) Who hasn't? You know how the gods resigned themselves within eight people to save the world or whatever happened? So the legends say, I have to admit, I don't spend a lot of time around people. Not more than I have to. 
You're going to think I'm lying, but by the eight by Mahu's wind and waters, I swear I'm telling the truth. My companions and I are paragons, and we need your help to stop the carnival. You know the force better than anyone else, and we are not here for the championship. We are here simply because we believe a shard of an echo of a drop of Scott and Nectus may be in that carnival. Uh, I think like a silence hangs as you say this. Talat stares at you, and then she approaches you, and without like asking, uh, she reaches up and like is like examining your eyes like a doctor, right? And she holds up a hand, and it glows like with light, and she's like shining it in your pupils. Let's go and says, "You haven't ingested any mushrooms, so I'm going to assume you're." trying to speak what you think is the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long time since anyone's made me laugh. And maybe on that, we'll cut back to Oka finally running into Tonga's tent after throwing Kane off your scent. It's like this weird bungee thread or something that like is connected to Oka's, uh, I don't know, chest maybe that can feel wherever Kane is taking V on an adventure here. Like we're just going around uh, until I feel, I think Kane like either stop or like head back, head away. They'll try to like sneak into Tonga's tent again. And I think at some point Oka like looks down and over at V and is like, why are you bleeding? Uh, you always bleed. Why can't I bleed? By the way, did you see all the, the animals are free? That's their zoo back there is, Quite empty these days. You know, I was a little busy on the whole fight to the death, but also it's normal when I do it. It's weird when you do it. Uh, and Oka kind of like slaps me on the back uh, and I'll cast my healing hand. So take your nine HP back, my friend. Okay, yes. And as that happens, uh, I need both of you to make a deck save, actually. Oh, dear. How quickly. No shit, natural 20, baby. I'm only a nine. Okay, you're fine, but Vias, you regain nine hit points and you lose an one. You lose one as that huge spiked armadillo uh, rolls like across the frame and bam, like knocks you to the ground. And you lose the hit points not from the spikes or the armadillo, but from falling and knocking, knocking yourself against like a rock or something. And the armadillo that you set free rolls off and like, like tramples like a tent as it continues to roll. And there's like people running after it being, come back here, etc., etc. At least it wasn't a rhinoceros this time. What do you... You know, I'm not even going to ask. Yeah. Yes, no, it's a... It's like a far memory. What What was that, Oka? Why, what were you doing back there? I, well, we couldn't poison Kane, but obviously they're dangerous and we should keep an eye on wherever they are. So I made sure that we could know wherever they are. Well, could you tell me wherever they are? Because I want to not be wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, I think they're heading back to their big top. We should probably... I bet we could make it back to Tonga's tent before the fucking gong goes off. Come on, let's hurry. V's gonna dust off and be a little... Uh, uh, and then follow Oka to wherever Oka wants to lead them. Dewey, what are you doing... Uh, moments before the tent bursts open with Oka and V. He's holding the flaps of the tent together, uh, closed, 
and he's got like one eye at the where it's open right before the flaps meet and he's just like looking around and so i guess he doesn't see like anyone coming from the sides yeah i think it's like nothing and then all of a sudden like dark body and it just poof (laughs) as oka fucking pushes their way in from sneaking along the side dewey you are thrown to the ground and trampled you screams (laughs) you scream uh by oka and v running in and immediately uh oka i need you to make a strength save i'm rolling really well uh unnatural 20 a huge bundle of muscle and fur shoves against you oka uh, you stumble back but you don't fall as xiaohu comes to dewey's rescue claws out on rear organic arm and like metal claws out on rear prosthetic arm rear tail is all fluffed up rear eyeballs are huge like a like big dilated kitty pupils ears like pe- like peeled back flat against rear skull intruder don't you dare oh. what are you I, I, intruder we met like 40 minutes ago oh it's just you my apologies shink uh the claws go back in returns to cardu holds out rear paw to help you up. You should be more aware of your surroundings, Birdman. How was I supposed to see them count that? Do not miss the forest for the trees. Uh, He turns to Okranvi. What did you get into? I thought we were... I thought we were being stealthy. We were being stealthy. I mean, and then there was that huge unstealthy fight to the death. So... At least we'll always know where Kane is now. But you had to get involved in the fight to the death? I didn't want to. I didn't. I thought the, I, I thought the invisibility would stay on, but I guess... I don't know the rules about it yet, okay? I'm, I'm still figuring them out. I figuring freed our out. animal friends. That was, I did a good deed today. What do you mean by animal friends? Are you talking about the dangerous beasts that Kane keeps at the back of their tent? They're not being kept there anymore. They're free and uh, have lives unoppressed. Wait, Animal, v, you like, freed a bunch of necklace. monsters? God and Nectus. God and... Shut up. <laughs> Dewey tells me to shut up ASMR. Tonga comes over uh, with like a, a greasy work apron on, like goggles, gloves. Uh, she looks really frazzled. She says, oh, there you are. Oh, where's your other friend, the big one? Uh, the gong's about to go off any minute now. I thought she was with you. Well, I thought she was with you. She went to go find Talat, which doesn't bode well. Uh, Talat? Uh, but she lives in the jungle itself. Oh dear. Oh dear. I hope she makes it back in time. Did you all just see what happened outside? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Xiaohu, if you can, avoid any and all direct confrontations with Kane. Just, just, just win. Don't try to fight your way through, okay? I'm no coward, unlike that tiefling. If... Circumstances call for an honorable duel, then who am I to decline? You'd be alive to decline, my friend. It'd be better for everyone involved if you were. You underestimate me. I have been meditating and training for months and months and months now. I am ready. I've seen it happen to more more prepared competitors than you. Peh! What do you know? You quit. 
Xiaohu, let's... Cardu is a good friend of mine. Let's not give him a hard time, especially on the eve of such an important event. Oh dear, oh dear, where is Manaya? Uh, and we cut now to Talat going, <laughs> Oh, I can't believe you were serious. Well, believe it. So? So what? What is there to say? Right. I'm assuming you want. You're a paragon, and I'm a princess. I don't know you. You can say whatever (laughs) you'd like about yourself. Exactly. You don't know me. And I don't know you. You want me to what? Be a tracker? Lead you and your other championship contenders to the carnival? You can say you're doing it for good reasons, but you're still part of the championship. Okay? I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you stand for. I've survived all these years on my own, and I intend to keep it that way. So be it. But I have one last question, if you'd indulge me. Since the cataclysm, stars going out, have you had any strange dreams? (laughs) What are you, from the kingdom? Well, of course, who hasn't? What sort of dreams? Talat gives you an odd look, turns her head to the side. The regular kind? Regular kind of nightmares that you have after an earth-shattering cataclysm destroys your world as you know it? A battlefield? Blood? Large creature? Wings? Eyes? Ring a bell? Talat frowns, turns her head to the side, squints at you carefully. Listen, stranger, I don't usually do this, but I really mean it this time. You should seek help. Just not from me. No, I've never had those dreams before. I'm not exactly sure why you're asking. Well, thank you for your time. Sorry about scaring the game away. You can eh. see stealth is not my strong suit. They'll be back. Uh, and she raises an arm, and then there's like a fluttering noise, uh, and a falcon lands on her arm, uh, and it's got like little bits of like game in its mouth uh, until it takes takes a bit from the falcon, and poof, the falcon flies off. And she says, I've got a friend watching out for me, in case something like this happens. Uh, and she straps the game to her waist and begins to make off deeper into the woods. But before she pulls out of you completely, she sort of throws over her shoulder. There's a center to this. The carnival, I mean. It's got branches spanning out like legs coming off the body of a spider. I'd avoid the center at all possible costs if I were you. Try cutting off the legs first. While she says this, Manaya is going to make a very big point about going over to the tree that the platform was on and touch the tree and repair the parts of the tree, like the bark that and like the little divots that her axe made channeling the princess's energy to restore it. Make an arcana check. Or team. Uh, you touch mm-hmm. the tree and the bark begins to suture itself back up like the divots like disappear, like you're rewinding the clock right where the tree is. And like little, I think like green, like uh, pollen-like sparkles poof, like erupt from where uh, the tree's healing itself. You can feel the princess stirring within your soul uh, as Talat disappears into the underbrush. Uh, her falcon poof, like fluttering through the canopy above her. 
Oka, Dewey, and V, why don't you tell me the scene that Manaya returns to? Is it like right after what Tanga says or has like a few more minutes pass? Uh, I feel like maybe Oka and Xiaohu are arguing over the best like place to go in. Like, should we go first or should we go after? And Oka's like, let everyone else go in first. Like, go in first. It doesn't make sense to run into the fray and wait for the traps to get triggered and then walk through. That's the coward's way out. We must lead the charge. It's not a coward's way. It is a smart way. Pah. Cowards always say they have brains. But who needs brains when you have bravery? Who needs brains when you're dead? What? I don't understand. Meanwhile, V's over in the corner. Personally, I would just look for a way that everybody's not going, and then I'd go that way, because why would I... I would... I'd be looking for back doors. I don't know. That seems... I'd rather sneak my way through this place than directly go into it, but... There aren't any doors in a jungle. Well, what do you know? There's a carnival in the jungle. There's usually not a carnival there. What are you going to be surprised by a door? Tonga says the carnival is a me- megaphor. A metaphor, darling. Metaphor. A metaphor for what? I'm not sure exactly. People do report that there are carnival noises, music, dancing, uh, the smell of delicious cooked things, etc. But something very interesting about all these uh, reports, there's no... <sighs> There's nothing uniting it, really. There's no common report of, like, a, say, a gigantic uh, a big top, right? Like, Cain has fashioned their tent into, or reports of uh, magnificent animals in cages. It's all different, depending on who's reporting it. So I think the carnival is more or less a metaphor, some sort of magical f- phenomenon that is less an attraction and more a mirror. That's just my theory, though. What do you think, Cardu? Uh, uh, Dewey's just been, I think Oka and Xiaohu are like roughly the same height, so they're talking at each other, and Dewey's like a little bit lower, and he's trying to get an ed- word in edgewise, <laughs> um, opposing Xiaohu's ideas, basically. We gotta be as careful about this as we can. I don't, there's, we're not gonna be able to fight our way through some sort of like magical curse, sickness, rage. If we're lucky, we won't have to. Oh, great, eight, there you are. <laughs> Oh, Manaya, where have you been? I found a lot. Did you? Wow. She's understandably so, not interested in the championship ward, and is quite opposed to people bursting into the space where she lives. That does make sense. I've heard that she's more beast than person. Is it true? I wouldn't go that far, but I can confirm she is not a paragon, and she is not competing. Though I did get some valuable information from her. The carnival, she described it as spreading out like tree roots. If we can find where we can go in between one of them, we might be able to get to the core, which is assumedly where the shard or the echo of assumedly Scott and Nectus are. That's good information. She didn't agree to lead us through the woods, did she? I have no bartering chips. Dang it! You know, you should have hunted some pheasants. She loves pheasants. She might have done it for, like, 20 pheasants. <laughs> I'm not a hunter of land game, Tanga. Otherwise, I would. She's not a hunter of water game, either. <laughs> and Oka kind of winks. Uh, Manaya, like, laps them on the arm a little bit. I'm sorry. I know you're shy about it. It's just, you didn't much much here. Just a casual fight to the death. So Kane's the only one left of the three contenders if Talat is not joining us. 
Oh, Manaya, you missed, you missed it. It was horrific. Kane got dispatched of Jing like they were nothing. One hit and Jing was dead. Dead? Just like that. How did you? Why and did then you Oka went to... and had to animate their dead body to piss off Kane. It was so like, we've got a target it, on our back. Uh, it looks well, pretty I amazing. Well, I have a target on their back now. It's fine. We're targeting... Uh. First of all, why didn't you stop this? We know people can't die. What would... What would Rev think? To be fair, we were busy trying to sneak in. We didn't really have time to protect anybody. You're busy not thinking. And oh. to be fair, they knew the consequences. They asked for a fight to the death. It's not my place to tell them no. That's what they want. We are among the only people on Undake that know our souls don't go to the after anymore. I think people are starting to figure it out, Manaya. Clerics even can feel the empty. It's gone. Uh, it's, there's no time to bicker. The gong is going to go off any minute now, and we have to be ready. Right. Any last-minute preparations we need? I've packed a little uh, satchel for each of you. And Tonga takes out like a little tiny little pack full of like food and like water and like emergency torches, etc. And like lays it on like the tea table. Uh, one for each of you, uh, herself included. Wait, Tonga, you're not... Are you coming into the jungle? Well, of course I am. I think one of the biggest mistakes I and Cardu made as mentors all those years ago was not throwing our hat in to the contest. If only we'd been there to monitor everything in person without the intention to win, of course, but just to support, perhaps we could have made a difference. So, yes, I'll be going in too. Okay, how well can you fight? Can you defend yourself? Uh, well, I don't really have any hand-to-hand -hand combat training, but I, I've got plenty of inventions that will keep me safe. You know that there's no such thing as just observing, right? I know, whole... I know. Uh, the idea of an objective third-person observer is moot, as we all know as scientists, but I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I can't just stand by and let people get hurt and die anymore, Cardew. I have to be a part of this. I'm implicated already. So you're gonna throw yourself your yourself away then too well i don't intend to throw my life away like it's worth nothing well, that's what happens to everyone we've seen it it's just a giant waste of life <sighs> is is that what you think cardu then what are you doing here then what's the entire point of this then what did everyone die for then huh what did rose die for who's rose uh and on that Gong! A massive gong noise plays. Uh, like just reverberating throughout the entire camp, uh, situated outside of Clothal jungle. And almost immediately, all of you hear the clomping of hooves, like against the earth, like the ground shaking as people are whooping and like hollering and crying and like running and cheering and, and, and making their way down this grassy hill into the forest basically exactly where Manaya had just walked out of. Uh, you can hear people singing and shouting and laughing, whooping all excited noises, right? And all manner of beasts, not just people with two legs running, but like horses and, and uh, ostriches, right? Uh, and other mounts just galloping their way into the jungle. Uh, and various lights flash by, like the outside of your tent as people carry torches and illuminate the way with magic and other means. 
Uh, and then the gong seems to like vibrate against your eardrums as well uh, as another one rings out and peels across uh, the entire camp uh, in a very shrill manner. Where is Kane? You feel them uh, connected to your body by your blood magic, right? And it's sort of like a, you can sense them like a, a magnet moving through your bloodstream, right? Something heavy and important. Uh, and you can feel Kane toward uh, the front of where everyone is. Uh, they're moving very fast, like a lot faster than what a person can run. So they're definitely on something, either a vehicle or a mount, right? Uh, and they're moving very, very quickly toward the forest. Probably a couple hundred feet away at this point. Oh, should we get uh, going towards the forest? Everyone's on the move. Siahu, if you want to get in front, you already missed your chance. So let's go. Tonga, stay close to me and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, okay, it's happening. Oh, gosh, my heart's pounding so fast. Uh, Cardu, are you ready? No. Cardu, it's now or never, we have to go. I know, I know, but... <laughs> you talk too much and think too much. Uh, and Xiaohu uh, picks you up by the back of... I assume you have Tonga's armor on, right, uh, that she made you, and, like, picks you up by the back of, like, where the uh, helm would collapse against the neck uh, and, and pulls you outside. Uh, and as the rest of you Unhand all pile me. outside, <laughs> maybe you're like fluttering around with your feathers going. Uh, you see that Xiaohu's panther has stirred, you know, is like upright and it's like pawing at the ground and is snarfling around, you know, and, like looking. The panther's got like tack on, right? And Xiaohu jumps onto the back of the panther and lets you go, Cardi. Looks around, there's everyone, people are just rushing past. Uh, you see like a, like a small elephant, stomp past, letting out a you know, big ivory tusks swinging uh, as multiple people are on the back, like whooping and hollering, holding spears and longbows, etc. Uh, uh, on the back of this elephant, you see horses uh, and gazelles and zebras just running past you, the ground shaking, and just people on feet as well, running so excited, people peeking out of uh, tent flaps, dressed in armor, strapped to like the teeth with like weapons, etc. of all kinds. Clothau jungle sprawls in front of you like an emerald gem. Green and dark, its depths beckoning you in. There are various paths leading into the jungle, and you all would know, based on prior research, that they end pretty soon after, because the depths of Clothau are not meant to be trod by people. And yet, now, Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V, as the four of you stand at the top of this hill looking down uh, at this sea of green spanning open in front of you like the horizon, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people swarm down the gentle slope of this grassy knoll and pour into the woods, almost like a conquering army, marching in to achieve victory over an embattled foe. As people strapped to the nines with knives, weapons, longbows, mauls, hammers, axes, longswords, etc., rush past you, many of them on mounts, several of them even driving wagons and vehicles that remind you of the derelict death derby. Back in the Court of Ravens, what do the four of you do? 
Siahu is on their pan- uh, rear's panther's back, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think then we're going uh, for mounts than it seems. So Oka will uh, whistle for their elk to come to them uh, and we'll kind of like grab a horn and like swing on. Sounds good. Uh, the elk comes tromping over from where you'd leashed them close to Tonga's tent. You swing onto their broad, furry back. The rest of you? Uh, Dewey rode in with Oka, right? Yes. Because he doesn't know how to ride animals great. So he's going to hop oh, on shit. the back there. I have a horse. You Duh. do. You have Big Papa. <laughs> You got Big oh Papa, God. Mania. Forgot about Big Papa. Are you calling for Big uh, Papa, Mania? Sure. Okay, wonderful. I'm not going to call for Big Papa. I'm going to go to where I put Big Papa, assumingly next to the elk and the panther. Probably scared shitless. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Big Papa is snorting, uh, pawing the ground nervously, staring at these two more uh, predatory-like mounts, let's say. Uh and elk, well, elk's got big horns. That's scary to a horse. Uh, as Manaya, you swing onto Big Papa. Do you allow V to climb onto Big Papa's back? I'll re- reach out a hand. Okay. Uh, How about V is looking to maybe jump on a passing wagon and perhaps Manaya might have to grab V and put on the mount? V, if you're looking to get on a wagon, now is not the time. You can jump off of this horse later. But for now, we need to just get in there. Fine. And that's like a... Nice little jump up onto the horse, <laughs> like a Western movie. Okay, awesome. Uh, and now that all of you are on your mounts, what do you do? Dewey, Oka, you two can fly. If you can fly up and find out maybe where the tendrils are, the, the roots from the carnival, we can try to avoid those. I can't fly for long, but Dewey... I guess... Just be careful up there. Yeah. Lord knows what kind of ranged weapons they might have to prevent you. Just stay over top of us. Don't go too far. All right. Okay, then you're going to take off and go like above the canopy, like the tree line, but like following your party. Okay, sounds good. Uh, the four of you on your mounts, accompanied by Tonga, who hops onto the back of Xiaohu's uh, panther, gallop down this uh, gentle slope uh, and as you do like the trees rise up to meet you uh, growing tall tall uh, they're bristling uh, branches sticking out almost like arms welcoming you home uh, and as all of you charge toward this tree line your mounts enter into the shade of the forest uh, and you can smell like uh, pine needles uh, dead leaves uh earthy soil wafting up to meet you as you uh, trot uh, through the woods. Uh, You see like all around you there's movement as well from other riders, from other championship contenders are whooping. You see like one person like like throwing around like a slingshot and basically as soon as you enter it starts to feel like a free-for-all because you see this person like whirling a slingshot over their head and they let it go Uh, and the rock clobbers someone else who's riding a horse on the back of the head and this person just drops like a sack of potatoes and the horse keeps going right Uh, but the people they were riding with immediately like return fire with like short bows they're like riding they turn around on their horses and start shooting um it's sort of like a traditional like kyrian style as they like ride backwards on their horses and but shoot like from from behind Uh, and it seems like people people are starting to attack each other starting to like take out the competition right and this is sort of like part of championship tradition basically Atalanta had said anything goes and she did not explicitly forbid killing each other or attacking each other so 
People are taking the loophole almost immediately. What do the four of you do? V, how well can you ride? Uh, I can try. Right, switch with me. I think it'd be much easier for V to go around Manaya than vice versa, so... Uh, Manaya will just scoot back. Yeah, and then almost like leapfrogging over and on... Oh, and like... That's out a little... Oh, as the lay lands down back on the horn. <laughs> Thank uh, you for clarifying that, Erica. Why don't you take a point of inspiration? Because <laughs> I feel like you made yourself creatively vulnerable by saying that. Then I was going to take out her axe and hold it really close to the axe head and try to use it as a shield. Oh, that's really smart to like defend yourself from like people just randomly shooting at you and throwing things at you, right? Okay, sounds good. Uh, so let's say I'll give you advantage on any rolls used to like deflect attacks from people, whether it's saves or any other rolls I might call for. Uh, you want me to roll animal handling or anything to see how well V can ride? It sounds like you want to. So why don't you roll animal <laughs> let's handling? Do it. <laughs> oh my god! What did you get? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to use that point of personal inspiration <laughs> I just gained. I got a four, and I have zero for animal handling. Yikes. So okay, a 14. Okay, 14. a 14. A 14. Uh, that is average. Let's say I'm going to call that a mixed success. So I'm going to be a hard choice. Uh, so the horse is either going to fucking hate you, like Big Papa is just going to detest you, or you are going to get real tired from wrestling Big Papa and mark a point of exhaustion. Oof! Ouch! Um, I think I think Big Papa's gonna hate me. Let's. This okay. Feels accurate. This seems like the better choice mechanically, but is it spiritually? We will see. <laughs> <laughs> the hatred of a horse is is immortal. Uh, so yeah, Big Papa is immediately as soon as you start riding, just goes, nay, nay. And Oka and Dewey, the two of you can hear Big Papa just, like, snarling uh, for the first time that you've heard a horse snarl, maybe, at V as soon as V starts driving him. And the two of you also see, the, like, flames being thrown by, like, casters, you know, and arrows whizzing through the air. What do the two of you do? Uh, Oka uh, shifts from, like, sitting on their elk's backs. Uh, they use, like, one of the prongs of the, like, of the elk's horns to kind of, like, lift themselves up. So they have like one foot on uh, like its haunch, uh, not its haunches, its withers, which is that like kind of lump on its shoulders. Uh, and the other foot kind of like prop, uh, propped on its spine. Uh, and they're like holding on uh, to one of the, like to a horn in one hand. Uh, and they're going to use uh, their good old calling edge um, because it technically has a parry move on it that I forgot on my <laughs> but it does. Um, so I am going to uh, spend the hit die to uh, unsheath uh, Culling Edge, which begins to kind of like crackle with a low flame, as Oka does. Awesome. I love that. Why don't you take inspiration for that? That's really cool. Uh, Dewey, what are you doing? Uh, Dewey has moved the flying sword's sheath to the front of his body, and he's ducking down um, as low as he can on the elk, and he's just got one hand on like the latch, I guess. Um, and he's terrified. He's holding on for dear life. Okay. As you run, you can hear Tonga calling at you from, uh, on, uh, holding on to Xiaohu's back. Cardu, aren't you going to fly up? Is it time for you to fly up? I think Dewey's just too, he doesn't respond. He's too, uh, much in shock. 
Okay, I like that. Uh, but Tanga keeps shouting at you, and all of you can hear Tanga growing like increasingly more frustrated at you, Cardio, as you don't respond. She just goes, Cardio, come on, we need you. What's ahead? Where are we gonna go? I feel like Oka like looks back at Dewey, like where they're like surfing on the back of their elk, and they're like, if you don't get in the fucking air in the next two minutes, I'm gonna kick you off. Dewey reluctantly <laughs> puts the uh, sword back on his back, and he's gonna cast Sanctuary around himself, and then take off. <laughs> Yes. Really quickly, what does Sanctuary look and feel like? I think it's just like a little projection of a, like a bubble around him. What does it look like as you take to the air, Cardu? It's just like a, a blur of feathers and uh, all the things that are jangling around on his belt, I think, because he didn't take time to take them off. And he kind of, you see him like disappear into the leaves and the leaves come like fluttering down because he's flapping his wings. And okay. then he's gone. Love it. Poof. And he take off into the air. Uh, you, you maneuver your way around branches that overlap above you and are you breaking above the canopy or are you still flying and you have to like dodge between branches there are pros and cons to both if you break above canopy party will be harder to track but you don't have to maneuver around so many branches Uh, if you stay underneath you'll be able to see everything that's going on uh, but you're gonna have to dodge pretty often i think he's better at dodging branches so he'll stay under the canopy okay sounds good uh, so as the four of you take up positions, defensive positions, and also like scouting positions in Dewey's case, Manaya, V, and Oka, I need the three of you to make a dex save. Um, let me double check. Um, but I rolled a 19 plus seven. So whatever the number that is. Seven plus seven. Yeah, proficiency nope. bonus uh, and my dexterity. Um, plus seven, baby. I can't talk. I have a plus seven to athletics, but I got a 19. 19? Nice. Okay, that's a 26 from Mocha, 19. V? 10. Uh, v, would you like to take collective inspiration or do you want to take the L? Let's just take the L. Why not? <laughs> Maybe that'll change my luck if I take one of these Ls. Okay. So I think... A cloud of arrows, like just world sound, not specifically targeting you, but y'all are like in the crossfire of, I think like two groups firing at each other, right? In both of their arrows. So like arrows coming from your left flank, rain down on Manaya and V, arrows coming from your right flank, rain down on Oka, uh, as well as Xiaohu and Tonga. Oka and Manaya, the two of you succeeded uh, and quite well. So let's say you only take half damage and whatever parry also reduces it by. So that is going to be, half damage is going to be six, six piercing. Uh, 12 piercing for full damage, because it's quite a few arrows. So V, you're going to take that. Uh, Okay, describe to me what it looks like as you parry away this cloud of arrows. Yeah, I think they're all, it's so cool. Like, it's a little bit like monk shit, but it's so cool where they just like the blade on their arm, uh, they like have the, yeah, they just like are holding on uh, and riding at full speed and they just like slice through the air uh, where each of the arrows is coming at them. Cool, and like arrow tips just fall next to you, you're like and you're holding on to like the uh, the velvet covered horn of your your fucking elk as you do this, such a badass moment. Manaya, what does it look like as you deflect? Uh, yeah, I think V sees the, the long handle of Manaya's axe and maybe the Kanga tied at the, the the tip of the head, a sort of flying around her in a peripheral vision, as Manaya uh, holding it by partially like the hammer side of the axe head, partially by like the handle right beside it, is just like 
whipping around, blocking arrows. Okay, um, awesome. But if you like you get manage through, to get through, right? Like, <laughs> but it's fine. It's not a super huge deal. You just get stuck in your armor a bit. You're like, whatever, you know. But like, you block off the majority of it. V, why don't you paint us a picture of how you're struggling in the driver's seat? And maybe like, maybe Big Papa, <laughs> Big Papa oh, yeah. screws you over. So Big Papa is like going forward, but the head is bucking every which way, and like just really hates the, the fact that V exists. Uh, is very offended by the existence of V. Uh, so V is like struggling and struggling and all of a sudden just an arrow like swaps right into the thigh and like V doesn't see it for a second but then she just like looks down looks up looks down <laughs> Impeccable comedic timing. Why don't you take inspiration for that? As we focus on you with your bleeding thigh, right, with this arrow sticking out of it, and that's like 12 points of piercing because it's a good hit right in the meaty part of your thigh, you scream, and as you look around, you see maybe uh, 80 feet off, right, in the distance, just sort of standing in the woods as like horses run past him. Sievert, he is just standing there in his suit. Right, his cl hands clasped sort of in front of his waist and looking at you as you ride past, right? Like his head tracks you. V is very seriously contemplating jumping off this horse right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, v is gonna uh, kind of close her eyes tight and like get, try to get closer to the bucking neck of Big Bob and just be like, Scott and Nectus, Scott and Nectus, Scott and Nectus. And oh, interesting. Try to like just not acknowledge that they just possibly drove by Seaver. Okay, I really like that. Why don't you take another point of inspiration for that? Uh, and now let's go quickly to Dewey. I'm gonna need you to make an acrobatics check to see how well you can maneuver these various vines and branches and birds' nests and like leaves and thorns, etc. in the canopy. 17. 17. Let's say that is almost fully successful. Uh, save for one one minor drawback. Uh, so I'll have you choose between you get slowed down and you're now like several dozen feet behind the party, uh, or like some thorns and like vines, etc. are gonna like slap at you kind of hard. You're gonna take some damage. I think I'm certainly not able to keep up with uh, galloping horse horses. Horses, yeah, creatures. totally. Yeah. So I get slowed down a little bit and I yell, but you know they can't hear me. I'm uh, pretty high up in the air. Yeah, and there's like people shouting and arrows whizzing and the noise of like horses running. Yeah, your voice gets completely drowned out. And now you're like several, like maybe like 20 feet behind the party now. But you can still see like Oka's elks, like back hooves, like kicking up, you know, but there's other horses coming in now. Uh, and you're sort of like losing even like gigantic Manaya, you know, on Big Papa's back. Like you're losing her like in the foliage, but you're you're flapping and you're, and you're going and you're going. Uh, and Dewey as vines slap at your face and like like leaves also like hit you like directly in the eyes, etc. Hear a voice. Uh, sort of like cutting above like the, the, the clopping of like hooves and like the, the shouting of, of people and like the whizzing of arrows through the air. You hear a voice cut through, a familiar voice. It just goes very, very far in the distance. Cardu, Cardu, are you there? Help! Uh, and you recognize this voice. It's Uwalani, your ex-wife. What do you do? I think he turns his head and gets smacked by a branch and falls out of the air. I love it. Bam! 
<laughs> like crashes through branches. Fucking love that. Because uh, you're like, what the hell? Uh, and I think you fall, right? Layer after layer after layer of like the canopy. And let's say maybe you like fall onto the ground, right? You like fall onto the forest floor because you're like so disoriented. And I'm going to have you take uh, not too much, uh, six points of bludgeoning damage as you fall down, hit by this branch, etc. And now there's just like hooves are just tromping all around you, right? There's just, you're, you're in danger of getting trampled. So I need you to make a deck save to like roll out of the way and gather your wits about you. Oh boy. I have inspiration. I'm gonna roll again. Okay. I don't yeah. feel like dying yet. Okay, not yet. No, the first one was better. Um, you wanna? You have two more inspiration. We have five collective. Yeah, I'm gonna use it then. Okay. Okay, there we go. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, not bad. So you roll out of the way, and let's say you only take half damage. Uh, let's say like one horse in particular stomps down on a part of your body. Tell me what part. Someone catches the edge of like uh, his tail, and he's oh. like trying to get up, and it like pulls him back down. I like it, yeah, and it grabs onto you. So let's just take a four points of bludgeoning damage again as this hoof like comes down, maybe like dislodges a few feathers uh, on the back of your body and you roll into like a safer part of like the underbrush, let's say like into a pile of bushes and you sit there. But at this point, you've become pretty separated from the party. Speaking of which, let's go back to the party, specifically to Oka. You are standing on the stag uh, you don't really see Dewey flying in the canopy. Maybe you did when Dewey first flew up there, but you don't see him anymore. What do you do? Yeah, I'm like peer, like peering up, you know, like and Oka's standing on top of an animal, so they're like lo- like they're looking for him, but they can't tell if he's not there or if he's just up higher. Totally. As you're looking up, where do you have Dream Hunters strapped on your body? It is literally tied so tightly against my, uh, just like sideways against my back. Okay, sideways against your back, you feel the scabbard begin to rattle, uh, like like vibrate a little. Uh, and even through the scabbard and through your clothes, you can feel like heat. Like it's, it's like, not like melting, but it's, it seems to be activating in response to something. And it, the vibrating begins to get more violent. What do you do? That panics, Oka, I think. Uh, that's a little bit of panic, uh, just considering that in every single dream for the last seven days, at least, uh, the sword has been stabbing them of its own accord in their dreams. Uh, and they like they re- they actually like let they stop deflecting with their sword arm uh, and they reach and they like grab the hilt because they like wrapped it around in fabric, too. So they couldn't nobody could see the beautiful scabbard it's in also. So, but they like grab onto it. You grab onto the hilt. Two things happen. The first thing that happens is you hear Dream Hunter's voice, the same dream voice, right? That's haunted you for the past however many days since you've acquired it illegally, uh, emanate in your head. Like as soon as you make physical contact with it, there's like a, a connection forged, right? And here's voice go, there is a worthy one nearby. Bring me to them now. Are you completely mad? No. The second thing that happens is Dream Hunter burns you. Uh, as you wrap your fingers around the hilt. So I'm gonna need you to take nine points of fire damage. Okay, like, like uh, hisses and like lets go of it. Okay, you let go, but Dream Hunter is vibrating. And now that you've forged that like physical connection, you can intuit the direction that Dream Hunter wants you to go. Like in your, in your body, like you can feel Kane. And interestingly enough, it seems to be in the direction that Kane is headed. And you're like, God damn it, if it's gonna be Kane, I'm gonna fucking kill something. Preferably Kane. 
Uh, and on that, let's cut quickly back to Manaya. Manaya, you notice V has gone oddly quiet, right? And like still in the driver's seat. What do you do? At a pause in the arrows, uh, Manaya leans forward and goes and like shakes her shoulder a little bit and maybe grabs the reins from behind her and goes, hey, 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 you all right? I've seen Sievert in the forest. I'm just trying to hide. This far out, it's already happening. Listen, V, it's not real. He's not here. All right? If he's here, I cannot. I'm not ready to fight him. I'm. I used up Most a lot of my power trying to distract Kane's little circus tent. Of course we aren't. That's why you need to focus. All right? Grab these reins. Pull left to go left, right to go right. More arrows are coming. All right? Just focus. Manaya leans back. As you lean back, Manaya, you feel the princess stir in your soul. And she usually doesn't like stir unless it's to warn you of danger or like to teach you about magic, right? Uh, so the fact that she, you can feel your soul like beginning to like swirl with like a, a gentle wind inside your body and you're like, okay, what's going on? And then you hear the princess's voice kind of urgent in your head go, Manaya, Manaya, are you there? Yes, yes. What I, is it? I can sense her. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, but it's, it's her. I, I can, I can feel her. She's nearby. Who? Nolly. She's somewhere in here. I can, I can feel her. She's, she's here. We have to, we have to go there. I'll send you a vision. And poof, like you're immediately, like you're, you're the forest that's like rushing by this greenery just collapses, right? And it's like you're you're seeing like dozens of feet ahead, right? Boom, 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 boom. Like you're a drone piloting through, and you see like like past like a boulder, past like a huge tree, right? Like past where like two warring groups of people on horses are like flinging fire at each other. You see a woman running back of her head. You see like her skirts billowing in the wind, and she's. She's running. She's making her way. But then you're getting so close to her. You can see like her dark skin, like her like beautiful, like hugely, you know, uh, decorated hair. It looks like Nolly. And she's running toward something away from someone. You're not sure if she's running to something or away from something. And then uh, poof, you rubber band back and you're thrown back into your body. There, her. I saw her. I could sense her. We have to go. Manaya, we have to go. Mom, I thought, V, faster, faster. And I think Manaya, like, uh, squeezes big papa's sides sides yes um and like really digs in to get big papa to go faster which probably isn't great for v whom big papa is not fond of okay <laughs> yeah i really like that are you trying to get big papa to go like roughly in the direction of where you saw this woman who looked like nolly uh or are you i mean assumedly she was Almost directly in front of me. Yes, uh, but maybe let's say going off a little bit to the east, right? Like going off in like easternly, so you wouldn't be continuing directly north. Okay. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay, you would have to basically like cut Oka off to like get in that direction, though. Or like go off like away off of the path you're on and like take a little bit of a detour. Do you do it? It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Oka, uh, as you go, ow, and you like like throw your hand away from the hilt you sense big papa like moving up kind of close uh to your elk's flank like Manaya's trying to take you over and then cross in front of you what do you do i actually think it would be really interesting if uh oka's off balance you know from like getting burned uh and they're not really thinking about which direction they're going that they're a little and they're not really holding on to the reins they're really just like driving by moving uh the elk's horns 
Uh, and I think they they like kind of like wrench up kind of hard, uh, which maybe sends the elk like like probably bumps into Big Papa and then probably skids and falls, uh, like and like rolls like rolls and falls. And Oka would like kind of like, make a jump for it and roll and fall as well. Okay, I'm okay with that. If y'all are okay with that, uh, so let's say as Big Papa, because both Big Papa and the elk are big right? They're big animals. And as they bump into each other, the elk sort of like annoyedly like tosses its head. But Big Papa's like, you know, the back legs sort of kick up, you know, into Big Papa, uh, into the elk's face. And the elk like, oh, loses its balance, right? And you're not really driving it. And it loses its footing and falls to the side, right? Manaya, as you cut past and in front of Oka, you know, but like you're all, you're moving, right? So you're gone. You're like, you're like going forward. You're like now like leaving Oka in the dust, basically. Uh, Oka, just make an acrobatics check to see if you can land on your feet. Uh, 19. Okay, that is sufficient. You don't take damage. Uh, you, you land gracefully onto your feet as the elk skids and falls hard onto its side. Uh, and rushing past you are Tanga and Xiaohu who go, uh, Tanga goes, Oka! Uh, but Xiaohu goes, and like continues driving the panther, right? It's like, no, I, we'll, we'll come back for you. Just stay there. Keep going. Keep going. I'm fine. Uh, I think Oka like, ro- like did a roll, but then like landed on their feet somehow. And they're like, okay, fuck. You know, like, and... Uh, looks in the direction that Manaya and V just went off in. Which is opposite from the direction where Kane is headed and also where Dream Hunter wants you to go. Uh, and then you can hear Tanga's like voice disappearing amidst all the chaos. Go, uh, and where's Dewey? I haven't seen him in minutes. Uh, as like phew, the panther like jumps over a boulder, you know, and disappears into the underbrush. Uh, and now I think we rubber band back to Dewey. Dewey. How you doing? What what are you what are you up to? Dewey is uh he just took a hard fall. Uh so he's on the ground and he hasn't quite like his head still spinning or whatever. Um he's on the ground and he's looking around um cuz he's pretty disoriented and he he's trying to figure out which direction the voice came from. Okay. Why don't you make a survival check for me? Oh, oh that's a 21. Heck yeah! Nice! I forgot that you used to be, like, a ranger. Uh, So with your 21 survival check, it seems to be coming from due west of where you are. And based on how far away it was, the forest is distorting it somewhat, but you did roll high. It's probably maybe a 10-minute walk from where you are. 10, 15-minute walk from you. What do you do? Uh, Once he comes to his senses, I think... He scrambles up in the rough direction of where his party was going and away from the voice. Okay. Uh, as you get up and start to, you're like, no, you're like shaking it off, right? You're headed to the party. Uh, what's your passive perception? Oh, no. Uh, 12. <laughs> 12. You start, are you flying? Are you going to risk flying or are you like jogging? You know, I think he's running. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. Uh, you jog. You're like pushing past ferns that like get in your face. You know, like pushing past these branches and vines, like ducking under like tall, thick, thick twigs. You get the sense that you're being followed. What do you do? And at this point, Dewey, most of the crowd of the contenders have left you behind. You're more or less fairly alone, save for like one or two figures like running, similar to you, but you can't exactly make out their features. I think he's going to run, uh, keep running faster, and if he can get to like a big log and jump over it and then duck behind the log, so whoever's behind him uh, goes over the log and doesn't see him, 
Oh, that's really smart. I'll give you inspiration for that, actually. That's a really smart idea. I think you just do it. You see a big fallen dead log and you, oh, you jump over it and you duck. And you're like hoping to see like the shadow of like a beast or something like go over. But you don't see anything. You just wait there for like a moment, right? Are you trying to like sense like footsteps or like hear like panting or anything like that? Do I still feel like I'm being followed? <laughs> uh, silence. You're not sure, right? Okay. Because your back's against the log. It's hard to tell anymore. You know, there's nothing, there's no open path behind you from which you can sort of like, your intuition can kick in. But you do notice uh, a buzzing. You turn and you see a dragonfly uh, just sort of like fly over the log, like a little blue dragonfly with like a crystalline body. And a just sort of floats by your face and doesn't seem to... It's odd. It's almost like it's looking at you, but it's a dragonfly. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to get up very carefully and like move around it. Like, don't get up and stand, yeah. move forward. Like as, as you get up, it gets up too, like following your eye level, maybe five feet away from you. As you start to get around I it, it seems to like follow behind you. Like it seems to want to it. look at you. Okay, make an attack roll. <laughs> oh God. Um, so I got a natural one. Okay, would you like to keep it for inspiration or would you like to reroll? Yeah, I think I'm gonna keep it. It's okay. It's a net one. I gotta keep it. I'll give you a point of inspiration. You swat it's... at it, right? But it's it it, bzz, it floats out of the way, and as your wing goes past, right, uh, you hear the dragonfly say to you, "A long time no see, do we?" Uh, and a hand shoots out uh, of the dragonfly's abdomen and grabs you, right? And then another hands sort of spaghettis out of the other side. Uh, and the dragonfly elongates, almost like a cartoon. It gets big and then shimmers, uh, taking the form of a dog-headed man. The Myriad, a demon emissary of Sen, who has been sent by the URL to kill you, whom you've struck a deal with and have evaded for two arcs. Um, but now... The myriad's snarling, toothy grin is like right up in your face, right? And like his hand is like wrapped around your feather, feathery wrist, you know? Uh, and like his, his eyes are glowing red almost with like anticipation. And he smells the way he always does this weird shifting combination of like decay, rot, and blood. A uh, long time no see, Dewey. Dewey screams as loud as he can. And let me find the thing. Uh, and then he's going to reach out and try and grab the Myriad's face. And as he does that, his uh, his armor activates and it shocks the Myriad if he is actually there. <laughs> okay, how does that work? Is that an attack roll? Uh, you wrote it. Uh, yeah, one, <laughs> it's an attack roll on the 8 damage. Okay, make, uh, make another attack roll. Oh, jeez. I'm going to use that inspiration. Sounds good. You've got two. two left. The 17. Okay, 17 is not quite going to hit the Myriad. Would you like to try to use another one or take like a mixed success? Take a mixed success. Okay, so roll damage as usual, but the Myriad gets a reaction. Okay, 1d8. Five. Five, Five points, points of thunder damage. Thunder, okay. 
You say you grab his face? That was an interesting choice of words. Are you wrapping your your feathered fingers around his snout? I think that, uh, yeah, that's how it activates. Like, when my fingers curl, it um, exposes some sort of electrical. Like a muzzle, right? Like, uh, and like uh, yellow electricity crackles like in front of the myriad's glossy black eyes, right? Uh, and he goes as he's like electrocuted, right? But his hand stays fast on your wrist, you know? And he doesn't, you know, you let go and like, let's say like some smoke curls off of like his snout. Uh, but that smile just seems to wrap even like higher up, almost like going all the way up to his temples. And you just see like these toothy grins, like stalactites and stalagmites at a cave entrance, right? And he just smiles at you. And he says, <laughs> That's a cool new trick he learned, Dewey. But it's not gonna be enough. You can't always outrun your problems, Cardu. But this time, I'm not gonna kill you fast. I'm gonna play with you first. Uh-oh. And he lets go of your wrist. Uh, which you realize is the wrist that your watch is strapped to. And then you hear a tick 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 as your bomb watch activates and begins counting down uh and then we are going to cut to manaya and v on the back of big papa manaya you are driving big papa toward where you saw nali Big Papa begins to like, like run like through very powerfully through the underbrush. And V, I think, are, how are you doing, V? Do you lift your head? Are you trying to drive, drive Big Papa like Manaya told you? So I think um, as as speed increases and the galloping increases, uh, the arrow in the leg starts hurting a lot with each bounce. So I think V is going to take one, you know, one hand off and try to get it out and realize it's like. It's really hard. To, it's in there deep. So she's taking both hands, trying to get it out, and she pops it out. And maybe just as uh, maybe the horse jumps or something, and we'll see what happens from there. Okay, I need you to make an animal handling check to stay on Big Papa with disadvantage. I told you he was going to come, come back to bite you because he fucking hates you. Oh, with disadvantage, I just rolled an 18, my first good roll of the day. Hey, 15. That's not bad. Okay, I'll give you a hard choice. Right. Uh, one is that you stay on, but the arrow gets real fucked up during the jostle, right? And something worse happens to your wound, or you fall off. Uh, in that case, I'm going to fall off. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, Imagine those options. <laughs> Okay, a big papa goes up over like a, a dead log, let's say, uh, and Manaya V just f- V just falls off. You know, V just like slips off of Big Papa and ksh, hits the ground and starts rolling as Big Papa ksh, lands on the other side of the log and keeps going. Even like seems happy that V's gone, tosses like his head magnificently and lets out a of happiness and joy. Uh, Manaya, what do you do? Do you stop and try to go back for V, or do you keep going? Erica, I'm sorry. I think the vision of Manaya's mother somehow alive plus the princess of leaves emissary of sen you know princess of trickery wouldn't be deceived by something like the carnival right and even though the vision is done it still flickers over her like in her vision as she bows her head and rides on okay 
And you hear the princess go, oh, well, it's okay. We'll, we'll come back for her. Okay. Well, we'll come back for her. She'll be fine. Mom, I'm coming. I'm so close. Nolly, Nolly, we'll be there in just a moment. How did you get all the way over here? Uh, as you continue, could you, could you, could you to ride? Let's go to Oka. Okay. Oka, you've fallen, you've landed. There's people running all around you. Your friends have left you. Dewey is somewhere unknown. What do you do? Uh, I think Oka uh, kind of like, uh, you know, that's still stumbling, kind of like runs over to where their elk had fallen down. And I think maybe it like its knees are a little fuck up, fucked up. Uh, and Oka kind of like gets like gets down and tries to like ward off anyone like run, rushing by uh, from running them down. Uh, as they try to like help, like like pulling on uh, the bridle, like to help the elk up. But I think it like probably is limping a little bit. Like it's not rideable anymore, I think. And Oka sees that very, very quickly and tries to pull the oak, the elk, the oak, into uh, like the underbrush a little bit more out of this like main path that people have been tromping down. Uh, as you, yeah, you and the elk wiggling, you know, on its back, like are able to like pull the elk to relative safety, not in like the exact path of like getting trampled. And as you do, the sword vibrates even more. Like rattles really violently, almost like it wants to like leave you, right? Like it wants to cut its way out of the scabbard and hurt you, you know? Uh, and you feel the voice in your head again, even though you don't grab, even though you're not touching the hilt, go, they're close. They're close. Bring me to them. Now. I said, stop it. We're acting with temperance for once, trying to do something together. Leave me alone. Ha. You deign. You deign to lecture me about temperance. You are nothing. You are not worthy. And now I finally sensed another worthy wielder. You will bring me to them. I will not. Uh, and as you are arguing out loud with your sword, right? I think this is a good opportunity for me to introduce something to the four of you. Uh, because we are fully in the carnival. Oka, as you stand there arguing with the sword that demands to be brought to someone more worthy than you. Uh, Dewey, as your bomb watch begins ticking down with a myriad grinning at you. Uh, v, as you're curled up in the underbrush next to a fallen log, your head swirling with images of Sievert standing in the woods watching you. And Manaya, as you run frantically uh, through the woods on the back of Big Papa, with the Princess of Leaves frenetic inside you, trying to find your dead mother. I want each of you to take out a pencil, if you have one, and draw five boxes on your character sheet. These are your five risk boxes. They signify how well your character is tolerating the effects of the carnival. So whenever your character does something risky, foolish, or impulsive, you can choose to mark any number of risk boxes. Likewise, you can choose to mark any number of risk boxes when something happens to your character that is powerful, intense, or traumatic. When you mark your fifth risk box, that means your character is taken by the carnival. You'll tell me what that looks like and what that means to your character. Uh, and I want to make it really clear that these risk boxes belong to you and they can only be marked by you. So I, as a GM, might ask you, would you like to mark a risk box in that situation? Seems pretty intense, but you can always say no. Uh, and you can always choose to mark even if I don't ask. 
The number that you mark every time you mark is also up to you. Could just be one box, could be all five, right, in one go, depending on the intensity of the situation. But how you interpret that is always up to you. Do y'all have any questions about risk boxes? Do we unmark them at any point? Like, That's a good question. You can, if it makes sense in the fiction. So just dig in our own graves here then. Yes. There's no like mechanical benefit. Like if you mark one, you get a advantage on your next roll or anything like that. This is more so like, so you can keep track of how well your PC is doing. So I'm going to ask y'all at this exact moment, how many risk boxes do each of you have marked? And zero is an acceptable answer if you feel like you haven't been pushed that far yet. I feel like Oka either is at one or is about to be at one because the sword, it's like getting to them a little bit, you know, that the sword keeps insisting that they're like not good enough and is like distracting them from what they need to do. I think they're like almost at the point of having marked a box because of that. Okay, let's zoom in on Oka then now as the rest of you think about it. Uh, Oka, as you're bickering with the sword, it lets out a... You impudent child, you know nothing of responsibility. The least you can do is take me to someone who does. I have been dealing with the responsibilities of one mistake for the last seven years. Don't fucking lecture me. You, whether I like it or not, are the emperor's flesh and blood. You cannot have anything less than perfection. Yeah, I feel like that's a good point to mark a box, probably. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Oka, as this magical sword that's been passed through your family for generations rejects you and says that it hates you. Yeah, uh, you mark a risk box. How are you taking it? How do those words sting you? I mean, they're pretty clear. The, like, the knowledge that no matter how hard they try now, they'll still never be perfect. That stings. Uh, and I think it stings so much that they're like, fuck it. I don't fucking want this thing anyway. Uh, and they uh, start to tromp. They like turn in the direction uh, that they can feel uh, Kane is in slash the sword wants to take them to. Uh, and they start going in that and they like push through the underbrush. Um, they like ground tie the elk. Okay, yeah. Uh, the elk's basically like, I'll chill here. Please don't take me with you. Uh, as you move through the underbrush, uh, stomping in anger, right? Uh, And as you finally obey what the sword wants you to do, it falls silent. Uh, And it no longer, it stops vibrating, you know? But it it still is kind of hot against your back, almost like it's thrumming in anticipation of this wielder that you can't be. Uh, And as you make your way through the woods, Oko, why don't you pass the spotlight to someone else? I want to go to V! All right. Um... I feel like because V sort of ignored Seaver for the most part, like I feel like she hasn't taken a risky box yet. Sounds good. So what are you doing? Are you like picking yourself off the ground? <laughs> like getting yeah. your bearings? Yeah, I'm trying to have some semblance of where she is. And like after a few moments, realizing she's probably just going to have to pick a direction and start walking. Uh, she's actually going to cast Disguise Self to look like Sievert as she walks through the forest. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you pick yourself up, like grimacing and limping, right, because of the arrow lodged in your leg, uh, and <laughs> you turn into Sievert. Uh, can we? You're also disguising the arrow in your leg, right, as Sievert? Um. Oh, you pulled it I, out. I, right? Yeah, I pulled okay, it out. Okay, okay. Uh, but you're still you're trying your best not to like limp, 
I'm assuming. As you, yeah, there's okay. still probably a bit of a limp as I'm walking through. Would you like to try to find, like, track one of your teammates and go toward them? You know, I'd almost like to do, like, an arcana check and, like, feel if there's, like, a direction that feels good to go. Yeah, go for it. Uh-huh. Tap into the weave and see what magic is telling you to do. That's 13. Yes. You take a moment to center yourself, pulling at the threads of the weave. And one of the threads pulls back. It comes in the form of a smell. Really delicious smell, actually. Uh, A smell from your childhood. A food that even, you know, in the caves that you grew up in with your mother did bring you some small measure of comfort against the cold. What is it? I'm going to say it's like a particular kind of stew that my mother would make on... um, Particularly, like, if it was a colder day or, you know, just, like, a miserable day. Something that just warmed up the insides and made you feel good inside. Okay, like some sort of delicious meat stew. It smells almost exactly like how your mother used to make it, right? And it feels mm. like it's it's scent also almost feels, like, magically compelling as well. It's not just stew. There's something arcane here at work. Do you follow the smell? I think V is going to look around the forest one more time in all the possible paths and just be like, well, this is, direction is as good as any, and, and yeah, it follows the direction of the smell. Okay. You walk and you walk and you walk, and the smell gets stronger and stronger, and eventually you part like a wall of ferns, right, to enter a small clearing where you see someone sitting in front of a low fire, right, where there's like a, they've erected some sort of um, like stew pot where like a, a, a little... A little, like, pot is, like, hanging above, like, an arch of, like, twigs. And they're, like, roasting stew, right? Uh, and their their side, their side profile is to you. And when you step through, they look up kind of, like, in alarm. Uh, and you see a very handsome half-elf. Uh, sort of, like, with, like, an undercut. And they've got, like, uh, like blue hair sort of swept back, you know? And these, like, big, like, uh, uh, amber eyes. And they sort of blink. They're, like, in leather armor. And they stand up. They go, oh, are you... I'm sorry, are you real or are you fake? I can't really tell anymore. Uh, in the best Sievert voice, oh yeah, I'm definitely uh, a real. Or how about yourself? Are you real or is this just an imagination thing again? I'd like to think I'm real. Uh, well, I'm. I must have gotten lost. I've been here for days. Now, are you hungry? Do you want some? My mother taught me how to make this. Interesting. Uh, the recipe smells very familiar to me. Really? Where are you? Where does your family come from? Uh, wh- why don't you have a seat? And this person gestures for like a, a stump that's like right across from where they are. He looks around and just thinks inside her head is like this is the worst idea ever and she hobbles over a little bit and and sits on the stump this person spoons you a bowl of like nice hot soup right and they hand it to you do you take it sure you look down at it and it's your mom's soup like down to like how she used to cut up the potatoes in a particular way you know with like a wooden spoon next to it they hand it to you they say uh i'm sorry i didn't even get your name I'm Ekoff, and you are? Oh, my name is Sievert. Sievert, that's a pretty name. Uh, who gave it to you? Oh, you know, uh, 
I guess the parents. <laughs> uh, Ekoff laughs like you just said a really funny joke and says, uh, please eat, eat. Caught a deer like half a day ago and it's been feeding me well. V is going to act like like getting ready to take a bite and like every time he gets close, be like, so, so what brings you to this part of the forest that you know there's a championship going on? You said you've been here for a few days? Wait, the cha- what do you mean a championship's going on? The championship's not due for weeks. Oh. I, I just sort of came in here to scout ahead. Well, it's happening as we speak. Uh, everybody's in here looking for the carnival. Uh, you're pulling my leg. No, 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 no. You're just, this is a joke, right? You're, you're a funny guy, I can tell. Well, you know, I, if it wasn't so important, I would probably be lying to you right now, but I, you know what? I have a device that tells the truth in my bag. Okay. Um, and, uh, Sievert, uh, sort of out of a pouch pulls out the diadem. Um. I mean, do you, do you want to try it? Like, you put it on and say something that you think would be a lie or something and, and, and see what it does. Uh, that way you know it's working before I put it on. Do you mind demonstrating first? I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, how do I know you're not going to like... But how do you know if I'm telling a lie unless it's like you have to try it first because you would know if it's a lie or not, whatever you say. Okay. I could be, we're strangers. I could say anything and it could be a lie if it's, if it's not a real magical item. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Uh, do I just put it on? Yeah, go ahead. Just put it on your head there. Okay. Uh, Ekoff takes it from you and puts it carefully on their, like, on their head. Is it working? Um, well, v, why don't we make an see. arcana check on the, on the tiara, sure. on the diadem? 15. Okay, 15. Yeah, uh, as, it, as it passes from your hands, uh, the diadem still thrums with the same magical energy that you're used to, right, as Ekoff takes it from you. So it seems everything seems to be in working order, uh, and they place it on their crown. I guess the question I would ask is, how long have you actually been in this forest? As far as I can tell, it's been a few days, but I don't know. Time's so weird here. Well... Seems as if you're telling the truth. That's see, it's working. Oh, is it? Unless, I don't feel any different. I, uh, well, let's think of something that's an obvious lie. Let's um try to tell me that the fire is has been put out underneath this food. Okay, the fire has not been put out. Oh, whoops! The fire has not been put out. I can't say it. the f- The fire, the fire, <clears throat> the fire is still awesome. burning. Well, there we go. See, see, it, it works. This is great. I love it. See, you can take it off now. No harm, no foul. <laughs> You're a weird one. Uh, Ekoff takes it down and hands it back to you. All right, now you do it. All right. All right. Uh, this is like the world's weirdest first date. This. Uh, uh, oh, and all of a gets very shy. Um, uh, okay, sure. Let's go. V puts it on. Uh, what's your name? Visante. Visante, that's a beautiful name. You're, uh, yeah, uh, you know, my mother gave it to me. W- what does it mean? Oh, it uh, means like 
pure, like pure light. Oh, is it because you're a white dragonborn? How did you know that? Well, it's... And V actually like takes off the crown at that point. It's because you... I'm sorry, I don't mean to assume, but you look like a white dragonborn. Cause... And then V realizes she looks like Seabird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Did I say something wrong? No, no. Um, I think the diadem was just working a little too well for me. Um, um, and V's like... V just finally drops this guy's self and reveals oh, herself. Oh, my God! What? But you were... But they were... But how... Surprise! Look at it. This forest does all sorts of things. V Visante, is that still you? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. I mean, I wasn't lying when I had the, the diadem on, so it's, it's me. Oh. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I mean, the, f the woods must have made you look like like a white dragonborn to me. I just, it, but now you look like an elf. Well, it's, I was a little shocked because uh, my father is a white dragon. So I was, I just, I was a little, I, I this, I'm a little jumpy in this forest. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's, strange things have been happening in this forest. Wait, wait, wait. I, let's go back to the part that your dad's a, but they're extinct. What do you mean he's? Oh, hold on. Wait, uh, I think I just heard a snap trigger. I, I laid out a snare for a rabbit. I'll be right back. Just hold on to that thought. Okay. Uh, and but, while they're mm -hmm. like, he's considering the food and then I seems like an all the right elf and maybe takes a, a bite. Okay. Take a bite. Uh, Ikaf gets up to go, but on their way out, they're like run moving past you. They like place a hand on your shoulder and they say, hey, uh, this might be kind of awkward, but... Visante, I thanks for keeping me company. I really thought I was gonna go a little, you know, a little unhinged, a little stir crazy without anyone really to talk to except for these illusions and images. So, thanks for keeping me company. I I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's very a very rewarding uh, find here in the forest. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy the stew. I'll be right back with some fresh rabbit. Ekoff walks off. As Ekoff moves past you, you eat the stew. How do you uh, how do you spend your time waiting for Ekoff? Um, I'm gonna be eating it, and uh, I, I just want to like look around. Like, does it seem like this is a place that he's genuinely been in for like weeks? Is there like, has he built some type of support structures or shelters or? Totally, yeah. Uh, as you look up, right, and like look to your left, let's say, like just glancing around, uh, you see a small tent, right, that it appears that they've been living out of, you know, for like, it looks like it's been lived in, like for maybe like a few days or whatnot, like a one person camping tent, right? Uh, and then you look to your right, and you see bunting, uh, which if you don't know what that is, it's like a streamer, like colorful flags strung together uh, on a string. Uh, and the bunting is, I don't know how you didn't notice this before, V. Uh, it's, it's tied toward the top of like a tree. And as you follow like the colorful flags, you're like, what? You like follow it back over to your left uh, where you see their tent again, except it's bigger, significantly bigger, uh, perhaps big enough to fit 
10 people inside. Uh, and it's no longer like a camping tent. Uh, it's got like circus-like stripes coming down from it, right? Uh, and you see people walking past it. Uh, specifically, you see a person on like a unicycle sort of like go in and sort of like uh, and like paint and make up and seem, they seem to be juggling balls. And you see like two like kids nearby like watching and <laughs> laughing and like tossing coins at this like juggler on a unicycle. Uh, and you look back around and you see more people like gathered nearby like eating uh, kebabs, meat skewers, bao, etc. and talking to each other. Uh, you see like particularly there's like a, a, a line of people now maybe like 15 feet away from you like uh, past like the bush the, the wall of ferns that you pushed through to get here in the first place, uh, lined up in front of what appears to be a, a kissing booth of sorts. Um, but instead of like paying coin to like kiss someone behind the booth, because that's creepy and I don't want to do that, uh, it's like they pay to like, couples pay to get behind the booth and like get a picture of themselves drawn kissing. I'm just going to leave you at that for half a second to give you a chance to react. What do you do? Uh, v is going to spill the rest of the stew onto the ground, stand up, and try to not look like in a panic, but maybe try to look for a potential exit out of here that isn't that tent. Uh, as you stand up abruptly and drop the stew, someone puts a hand on your shoulder. Uh, and it's a human man with like a, a twirly mustache, you know, and like a little, little hat like on his head. And he's dressed really nicely, like he's like an MC or an announcer or something, right? And he's got like a little silver wand on. He puts a, hand, a gloved hand on your shoulder. He goes, oh, excuse me, uh, Visanti, but you do have to sit the entire event through. That's what the contract said. Uh, please have a seat again. Uh, and as this man gestures to where you were sitting, you see that the fire has been replaced by a long table, like a real long table. Think like Viking feast, right? Uh, and on one side of the table, there's an empty seat that you just stood up from. And there are people sat next to you, like all the way down to your left and all the way down to your right. And there are seats lined up in front of you as well, all the way down to your left, all the way down to your right. Uh, of other people, they're like sat across from each other in like pairs, like couples like talking, right? Uh, and the seat in front of you is empty where Ekoff would have sat, right? And you see that words have appeared on the flags uh, in common. They, uh, actually, in Jukan, your native tongue, uh, they spell speed dating. Uh, and this human man goes, please have, have a seat. Please sit back down. You have to see this through. We can't be one person out. Um, first off, I have checked a box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, V is going to go ahead and sit back down while thinking rapidly about what she is going to do next. I have an idea, but I want to see where this goes for a little bit longer. Okay. As he sit down, like, what the fuck is happening? Ekoff slides into frame and sits back down in front of you and is no longer in, like, leather armor, but is in, like, a nice dress, right? And, like, they've got makeup on. You know, uh, and they just so ju they just say to you, "Hi, sorry, I just had to use the bathroom. So sorry that I left in the middle of our conversation. I was thinking." And then there's a thing as the human man walks away from you and like taps his wand against the air, uh, and everyone on Ekoff's side gets up and starts to move over one seat. Right? Ekoff goes, "Oh, uh, you know, Visanti, don't worry about sending me a message. I, I just don't know if this is gonna work out. I'm sorry. I just, I need someone who's a little bit more." Um, in touch with herself. Oh, I, yep. What do you, how do you respond? Uh, well, you know, 
Your food wasn't that good either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think the time has come. V is going to hold on. I've got to do some sorcery point magic right now. Um, I need to use six sorcery points okay. to make a fourth level spell slot so I can use Dimension Door, and I'm going to just 500 feet out of there. Okay. Uh, uh, what direction are you going in? Whatever direction I came from, I want to keep going in that direction. Okay. You Dimension Door, the world whisks away from you, and you uh, Dimension Door right into a seat uh, as the line moves down. And you're now on the other side of the speed dating profile, right? Uh, you're now on the side of people who move. And you sit down in front of, dressed to the nines, in his best suit and tie, with like his scales polished to like a nice sheen, Sievert Wrathstone. Hi there, I'm Sievert, and you are? Oh, you can just call me Victoria. Uh, and on that, V, we are going to cut to, you decide, who are we going to? Oh, we gotta do some, uh, Manaya action. Okay, it's time for some Manaya action. Manaya, galloping through the woods, trying to find Nolly. What's going through your head as, like, both you and the princess are, like, frantic? The two boxes I just marked are going through my head. Uh, one for each party member she's left behind. Oh boy, okay, you have three left? Okay. You do. She's... For the first time in a long time, not conflicted about what she wants to do. She's very, very focused on just going forward. She wants to see her mother again. She wants to see her again well and not sick in a bed. There's a small part of her soul tugging at the back of her ribs, maybe, uh, towards her party, towards her real friends and family, really, that she's been traveling with for a few months for these four or five months, but the thought that she could see mom again is too much. Okay. Yeah. So many things are going through your head. You're like, I, I gotta, I gotta chase this white rabbit. Right. And as you gallop and gallop and gallop, I have a question to ask you. Does Manaya notice the forest changing around her uh, as colorful streamers begin to appear very subtly at first, you know, just in the canopies, right? And like occasionally a tree seems colorful, right? But it, the changes become more and more obvious, right? As you see, just like V, like colorful bunting being being strung like between branches. You even see in like the near distance, like colorful circus tents, like popping up, popping up, popping up. And the smell of like fried and grilled foods begins to greet your noses. I think Manaya is so focused on trying to remember the princess's vision and maybe she's like bringing it back to the surface of her mind or the princesses maybe and focusing on her surroundings but only the landmarks that need to that will lead her to her mom uh, and maybe her memory of those visions changes to reflect the changes in the forest so her thought is not that it used to be a rock and now it's like a, a fried potato stand so much as the landmark is a fried potato stand now and i mean when i see that i need to turn left or whatever totally totally uh you're like okay whatever like i'm just gonna count it count it count it uh and then you begin to pass a line of people 
right? You're galloping past them. They all seem to be lined up in the middle of the woods, but as you as you gallop closer and closer to like whatever they're lined up for, like all sorts of people, adults, kids, couples, older folk, they all seem eager and a little annoyed that they're stuck in line, right? The forest seems to peel away. Fewer trees, less greenery, fewer ferns, fewer vines, and more so like um tents and booths, right? And a clearing and like a, a candy stand, right? And like a fried uh, fried fish cake stand, etc. cetera. Uh, until all of that falls away to reveal what these people are lined up for. A magnificent roller coaster uh, made of wood and steel. Some sort of beautiful entity that you may have only seen uh, in like fun palaces in Uhanahi, given like how technologically advanced this coaster is. Uh, you see it has, it's got whirls, it's got a loop-de-loop, it's got like a big drop for like the big finale at the end, etc. And the tracks are gleaming white, right? And written in Wuhan on like a big glowing sign is Angel's Choice Coaster. Uh, as you gallop past these people, you see that the admissions area is closed down. Uh, and there is like a sign that says requirements to ride. Like you have to be this tall to ride, right? And there's only one requirement, right? And it's a heart. And written in Wuhan is, your heart must be pure. And as you're riding on Big Papa, you see that the person sort of like apologizing to people who don't fit the requirement, who can't make the ride, Napua, your father, uh, dressed in his best robes, right? Like very, very nice robes. Uh, with his hair all done, you know, he's, he, his like, face is scrubbed clean, you know, his, his little iridescent scales are glimmering. And he's telling like a very irate woman at the front, like, I'm so sorry, ma'am, but if we checked and it's just not quite pure enough. What do you do? But Napua is checking people in. Yes, your father. And technically is rejecting people. They're not, right, they right, don't right, meet, right, the, meet the requirement, yeah. At this, I think Manaya pulls at the reins probably a lot harder than Big Papa would like. Yeah, Big Papa lets out an annoyed snort. And she just jumps off and books it past all the people in the line. Yeah, so people are like, hey, you can't cut! You know, all in Wuhan, like, cursing at you as you, like, run past them. But you ignore them. What do you do? You go up to Napua? Yes. Okay. Uh, as you run up, he turns away from the woman that he was, like, trying to turn away. Uh, it goes, up, oh, Manaya! Father, father, I'm so glad I, I, I found you. Mom's here. I'm trying to find her. Have you seen her? Well, of course she is. She's right in... I'm so glad you're here, too. You know what? Hey, everyone, quiet down here. This is what you gotta do to ride the angel's choice, okay? This is a true exemplar. Uh, and Napua pats you on the back. Isn't that right, daughter? Your heart's still strong? Still pure? Always. Well, there's just a small test, but I'm sure you'll pass it. Come on. Uh, and he walks over to a, like a gate, like a wrought iron gate that's set up, right? If you can push open these gates, you're worthy. No one else here can. Thieves, scoundrels, liars, etc. Even some murderers in this line, mind you. You should go to the other line, all of y'all. They're like, no, but we want to ride. Other lines for you. Just come on, try opening up the gates. But, mom, she's... Oh, yeah, your, your, your mom's... Where, I mean, they're... Honey, don't you remember? They're, they're operating the... Or did we forget to brief you? Ooh, shoot, that might have been my job. Sorry. <laughs> I was so busy setting this up, I must have forgotten to send you a message. Uh, Kahilani and Nali are, are in, inside. Do you want to go say hi? I'd love to. We'll just push open the gates. She strides up to the gate. 
uh, strong, powerful, standing tall. She is a she's pure of heart. She's done good for the world, and she has no regrets in her life. And she's reaching out and down to open this gate, but as she steps forward, the gate gets taller and taller. But it isn't that the gate gets getting taller; it's Manaya getting smaller. As she is now five years old, hoping she's tall enough to get on the roller coaster. And she makes it to the gate and with a confident push with her hand against the gate. And the gate opens so easily, like it's made of feathers, not iron, right? And you, child Manaya, <laughs> you push it open. Yes, Good job, yes, Manaya, yes. you got it. Does that mean I get to ride? You sure do! Right in the front, too. The best seats in the house. Here, why don't you get on my shoulders? I'll bring you over. Your mom and your yeah. mom want to say hi. Of course, of course. And Napua stoops down and lets you get on his shoulders, and the other people in the line go, Hey, what about us? Let us in! Uh, Napua st sticks out his tongue. Sorry, not good enough. But I the same. Yeah. Uh, and you rush past the gates as the gates close and the people swarm against it, but they can't open it. They're like banging against it like, hey, let us in, let us in. Uh, but Napu is like, ha, obviously we're not just going to let anyone on this ride. It's only for the bestest of bestest people. Isn't that right, Manaya? Mm -hmm. That's me. All right. Let's go up these stairs here. And Napu goes up like the stairs to get onto the coaster right? Uh, where you see, waiting at the top of these wooden stairs, Kahelani, uh, your your mother. Uh, and she's also dressed in, like, really nice robes, right? And, like, a little, like, attendant's cap, right? Like a sailor's, like, hat uh, to indicate that she's, like, in charge of, like, she's, like, one of the operators of the ride. She goes, there you are, Manaya. You're late again. <laughs> Sorry, mother. I was playing with, with father at the gate. <laughs> All right, that's okay. Nothing wrong with a little bit of playtime. Are you ready? Yes. How fast do you want it to go? Do you want it to go fast, oh. really fast, or super fast? Super fast, super fast, super fast. Super fast. Okay, three seconds then. Uh, and she <gasps> turns a dial. Uh, that says fast. It's very fast and super fast. And she turns it all the way to, to super fast. All right. Are you big and strong enough to ride alone, or do you want Papa with you? Manaya, I think... She, she lets go of her father's shoulders, or her father's head, actually, because she's riding on her shoulder, on his shoulders, and, like, does a powerful pose and, like, stumbles back a little bit and goes, uh, no, I'm strong, just like you, Mom. <laughs> That's right. All right. And Kahelani reaches and plucks you off like you're nothing but, like, a, a tiny little uh, potato and places you into, like, the front seat of a coaster. Like, you see, like, multiple people, but uh, you're the only one riding it. And she, like, straps you in lovingly. She puts down the safety bar. She, like, straps in the seatbelt, you know, and you're at the top of, like, what's going to be, like, up to an incline, like, the, the first uh, first drop of many, right? And she goes, just remember, keep your hands and your feet inside the ride at all times. No standing up, okay? Right, right, right. Wait, all right. Where's, where's mom? At that lever over there. Uh, and Kahelani indicates, interestingly enough, like, a lever. Uh, on the ride that's sort of like sticking out of the ground right in front of where like your little five-year-old hands can grab right if you want to change direction just pull that lever okay because this yeah. is the angel's choice right you get to choose where you go ready ready let's go and Kahelani and Napua okay yep yeah. we're off 
But yep, you go off. Kuchu presses a button and the ride peels off and it starts going up an incline, right? And then you can hear Kahealani's voice over like these like a magical stones, right? That are mounted at intervals by like wooden wooden poles. The equivalent like fantasy speakers, right? Uh, of like like the ride uh the ride audio, right? It's like, all right, here comes our first drop. Are you ready, Manaya? Are you ready? Mother, I think I forgot something. What'd you forget? A juice box, maybe? I... A, your snacks? We've got it all back here at the dock, and we can ride this as many times as you want. Oh, nothing. Uh, I'm ready. All right. Ooh, you're so high up. You stop at the Just top of the another peak. box. Okay, sounds good. You're at three now. Three. Perfect. You're at the top of the apex, right? Of the first drop. It's not the biggest one. Looking down, right? Uh, and you see that at the very bottom of the drop, the, the, the track seems to split in half. Like, you can choose, like, which track you want to go on, right? You can either stay on the one that you're headed or, like, divert and go to the other track. Um, but there seems to be something on the tracks. And let's go! Uh, and the coaster Wee! goes down. Whee! And as you get closer and closer, you realize what's on the tracks. Uh, the track that you're currently on has five people strapped to the tracks. And on the other track is one person. All six of them are strangers. And all six of them are like, mm, mm, bound and gagged, like classic villain style, you know, like to a railway track. And they're like, mm, mm, they're like kicking and thrashing as you pff, go down. And you hear like very quickly, like over like the speakers. All right, Manaya, if you want to divert, if you want to go to the other one, go. Just kill the one person. You gotta, you gotta pull. You gotta pull them over. Three seconds. This isn't real, Mother. Where am I? One second. <laughs> Manaya is like frantically uh, pulling at the belt buckle uh, that is now way too small for her with her seven and a half foot tall body. Two seconds. Um, she fumbles some more. Uh, she lifts the bar up. That's easy. Um, and she starts like pulling at the at the belt. Three seconds. Uh, and the coaster. You don't see anything, right? But you do feel the coaster rattle as it goes over five bodies. Uh, and you hear like a hor horrible screams cut off by like the wee of like the coaster. Uh, and you hear Kahealani and Apua over like the the stones go. Ooh. All right, that was a hard one, but that's okay. All right, it's it's a hard choice, but only you can do it, Manaya. Pure of heart, right? I can't. Okay. Who are we cutting to, Manaya? I think there's only one person left. Mr. Cardu Quirk. All right, Mr. Cardu Quirk. Your bomb watch ticks down. And the myriad says, better run. I grab onto his face again. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're finally choosing to stay and fight then. Gonna shock me to death, bring me down with you. What if I told you it didn't have to be that way, do we? What if I told you I could fix it for you? What are you talking about? The watch, silly. Don't you want me to get it off? Do you really believe that an all-powerful, nigh-immortal, demonic being couldn't get rid of a simple watch if I didn't want to? What do you want from me? It's quite simple. I want you to walk with me. Where, where are we going? 
We're going somewhere you left behind a long, long time ago. And as the myriad speaks, he begins to walk like backwards, slowly, like deeper into the woods. Uh, while your hands are still on him, do you follow? Yeah, with some hesitation. Okay. You follow the myriad, and as he continues to walk backward, he says, How many people do you trust with your life story, Dewey? How many hearts are you gonna break with your callous attitude? How many secrets are you gonna keep until it rises up into your throat like bile and chokes you? And as he speaks, the forest seems to peel away, right? Like the deeper you go into the forest, like flakes coming off of an oil painting, uh, the greenery of the woods give way to the inside of a circus tent. It's like you're stepping into like a television screen, right? And like you're no longer in the woods, but you're inside like an interior space. Uh, you see like these like canvas walls like rise up around you, you know, as you're fixated on the myriad's face. But even as you turn and look, you see these walls come up, right? And you see like a massive like ceiling, like a draping domed ceiling going up. And you can see like stripes uh, that's, that are sort of like dimly lit from the outside, right? Uh, so you know it's painted on the outside, uh, and you re you hear people like talking and murmuring, right, and chattering as you realize you're walking between two raised wooden bleachers, right? And, as, and maybe let's say like you turn around to see like the forest, but instead of the forest, uh, it sort of fades away to show like a um, a tent flap that you came in from, uh, and there's people around like this is sort of like a one of the big tops in like a circus, uh, but not like super big, but one of them, right? So this isn't like the main big top, but a place where smaller performances might occur. And lining the interior of the big top are just rows upon rows of people sitting, watching, like talking, like excitedly, you know, some of them have like big, like like bags of popcorn, kettle corn, you know, some of them are like eating kebabs, some of them have like bowls of rice that they're scooping into their mouths and like 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 taking from like little tables. They've set up a dinner and a show, right? Uh, and there is just like an empty ring in the middle. And as you look back at the myriad, you realize that he is wearing like a ringleader's like outfit, like an ostentatious os sequins and sparkles, right? Uh, and his like, uh, the myriad's like teeth are all like sparkly, like he's just washed him, you know? And he continues walking backwards and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, Aarakocra and non-Aarakocra, people who know Cardu and people who don't know Cardu, welcome to the Great Escape. I present to you your star of tonight's show, Cardu Quirk, uh, as he's leading you into like the center of the ring, and people begin to clap and cheer. What do you do? Uh, at this, do we realize that he's like? Circus, uh, and he tries to walk backwards through the flap that he came through. Okay, you do. Uh, he, the myriad's form gets smaller and smaller. You walk backwards through the flap. You feel the canvas like flap against you, uh, and as you walk past it, you see like the the outside, uh, the exterior of the flap that you just walked past, and then you see like walls, canvas walls rising around you, and you bump. Like your your ankles trip against something, and I need you to make just like a, a quick deck save to see if you stay on your feet. Net twenty, baby. Okay, you don't fall, but you do stumble over what you realize is sort of like the raised platform of the main stage. Uh, and as you whip your head around, you realize you're back in. You're back in the tent, 
uh, but you're, you, you came in from like the other side, right? And it's very much reminding you of that strange liminal space, the back room of where you first encountered the myriad again, right? Uh, but all around you, the bleachers are rising, but you're walking backwards now, looking at all these faces that are all like, ooh, gleeful and like waiting for this beautiful show. And the myriad from behind you standing in the center of the ring says, <laughs> there's no escape from your failures, do we? Come on, come on, give the people a show. Uh, Dewey steps onto the stage, I guess. Okay. Uh, do you turn to face the myriad because you were walking backwards? Yes. You turn to face him, uh, and he gestures to his left, where you realize there has appeared a trunk, uh, like a metal trunk that's open. And inside you see all sorts of tools, uh, like beautiful high-quality tools that you only really had access to at the URL, as well as a workbench and several like furnaces and like high-tech like materials, right? Like this shit's like pretty legit. Mirror says, to your left, you will have all you need to disassemble that bomb strapped to your wrist and fly out of here a free man. Questions so far? Uh, I turn and look at the other side. Ah, very smart. And to your right, and you see what has appeared now. Hanging from a string, a rope, suspended from the very top of this big top, is a large birdcage. Uh, and inside this birdcage are Uwilani, Hana, and your friends. Oka, Manaya, and V. And wrapped around the birdcage is a watch, a gigantic watch. Uh, with a clock face that's exactly like yours, and it's also ticking down to the exact same rhythm. But of course, you only got enough time, Dewey, time, time, to save one of you. It's already counting down. Make your choice. One of them? Or either me or them? You or them, Cardu, you or them. I go to the cage. Okay, you run over to the cage, right, looking up, uh, and you see Ulani has, like, gripped, like, the bars, right, and she's, like, has pressed her face, like, you know, and she's, like, crying, and, like, Hana is, like, what's going on, Mom? I, what's happening? Uh, and Kana, Hana's grown up since you've seen her, right? She was basically, like, a toddler when he left, like, was just starting to learn to speak, but now she's, like, five or six, right? She, she like, knows, she's kind of cognizant. Uh, and Ulani just sort of, like, presses her face against the bars looking down at you, uh, Dewey. And there's just so much, like, grief and pain and despair in her face, right? And she's just going, Cardu! 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 You got us into this mess, Cardu! Get us out! As he's working as quickly as he can, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you. You didn't, I didn't want to hurt you. You didn't mean to hurt us? You didn't mean to hurt us? And Ulani like pounds against like the bars. Where were you when we needed you? Where was Hana's father when she needed a father? It wasn't there. And I want you as you're like grabbing things from like the other side and like like hastily like trying to like figure artifice your way out of this. I want you to pass the torch back to... Well, I'm, I'm going to just say this. We're going to go back to Oka, because we left with Oka. Uh, but as we do, I think how we're going to transition is the Oka inside the cage also runs over to the bars and says something to Dewey. See, what do they say? Who are you? Who are you? Uh, a failure? Not who you want to be? Not who you want me to be? 
not someone you want to get to know. Run, Dewey, run, run now. You have to get out. You have to run now. I have been running. And he turns away from, okay. Okay, hiding your face. Are you gonna mark a box? Or do you feel like you're you still got it? Are the boxes how much the carnival itself is getting to me? Or like just how he's doing? Just how you're doing. Oh, um, he's at a three. Okay, okay. In that case, let me mark one more. Oh my god, Manaya's at a four. <laughs> we yeah. got two. Okay. Uh, what's V at, out of curiosity? Uh, two. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, and on like the illusion of Oka, right? Uh, your projection of Oka in this cage, like pounding against the bars, we go back to Oka. The sword is burning against you, tugging you in a particular direction as you walk. Uh, I think uh, Oka even like is like getting fed up with it, like burning against their back. Um, so still with their like um, their culling edge out, they like kind of like tear open the like fabric sheath that they had made and just fucking like all the way out, baby. Uh, they start like hacking and slashing through the vines uh, to like just make it faster because they can't even fucking deal with a fern touching them right now. Dream Hunter is heavy as lead in your hands and you remember like i mean you know how the sword works if it doesn't like you it's going to be heavy as hell right but if you're chosen then it's as light as a feather in your hand right and it will work with you but it's it's so heavy like but you're doing it like out of anger right like even though your arms burn you're like ah ah hacking and slashing at the vines and then the edge of dream hunter connects against something hard right uh and shatters a mirror uh, that's been propped up, like, against a, uh, that's just been freestanding, I think, in the forest. And he didn't notice it because it was perfectly reflecting, like, the, the leaves and trees around it. And the mirror just shatters into a thousand pieces as Dream Hunter just cleaves right through it. What do you do? Thank you for that. Another fucking seven years of bad luck. Like, I didn't already have enough. Uh, and a little bit more carefully now, Oka, like, steps around the glass uh, and continues forward. As you continue going, uh, you see movement on your peripheral vision. What do you do? Uh, Like, flinch and parry immediately. And you see yourself flinching and parrying. And then you realize it's another fucking mirror uh, that's maybe, like, several feet away from you, you know, but, like, a longer one this time with, like, several panes, like, together, like, leaned against a tree. And you see yourself, like, haggard, sweaty, Wielding Dream Hunter, alone and wretched, bleeding from your nose. Uh, Oka looks at themselves for a long minute. Just goes, you poor sucker. Uh, kind of like brings their gaze like back towards the ground uh, and like keeps walking. Uh, you're staring at the ground as you walk? As much as possible. Okay. As you do, uh, I need you to make a strength save. Uh, 14. 14, uh, you manage to st- stand your ground, but you do stumble backward as you as you walk into a mirror. Bonk! And you stumble backward, right? And you see yourself, you look up, you see yourself also looking up, wielding Dream Hunter. Uh, what is it? Uh, the, the image of Oka, like, holding Dream Hunter. Uh, does that, I mean, I think that is, like, w- startling in a really bizarre way to Oka and they like again flinch and they like again like immediately like look away like they can't even look themselves in the eyes and they like 
try to go around it and they're like, I fucking told Siahu there'd be doors in here. Fucking mirrors. Uh, and they like start to like, you know, like they startle every time they see themselves and immediately look away as fast as they can. Okay. As you avert your gaze from yourself, you're just like, I don't want to look at this. Like, I just want to fucking make my way through. Uh, you like have a few false starts, like you bump into a few more mirrors, right? You know, as they get more and more numerous, right? There seem to be f- more mirrors than there are trees after a certain point. Like you've somehow wandered into a mirror maze in the mid- middle of the woods. But as you continue to walk and try to like find your way muttering to yourself, two things change. One, the greenery that sort of like, that was ubiquitous and all-encompassing and all-consuming begins to peel away. There just seems to be f- less greenery and just blackness from where it's peeling away from, right? Uh, three changes, let's say. The second change is that it gets darker, right? Uh, you no longer can like hear the chirping of birds and the whirring of insects or like sense this like dying light coming, filtering through the canopy. And you're not sure exactly how it happened, but the more you walk, the more mirrors you bumped into, right? The more you realize that there's a ceiling now. It's not just a canopy. It's not just open air. There's a ceiling. The forest is dropping away from you, and now you're inside just a dark room with mirrors. The third change you notice as you're winding your way through this maze is the reflection. You're trying not to look at it, but every time you accidentally catch a glance of yourself, there is one less scar on your face. It was really subtle at first, I don't know if you noticed, but maybe it really strikes you when you glance at yourself and the the two pink like lines that like bisect your mouth are gone. What do you do? That startles Oka a lot. Uh, and they touch their mouth and they feel this like concave like space where their lips should be and they like trace it up to still feel it on their face and their reflection does the same you know but it's just freckled skin and Oka like looks and I think for the first time they like approach the mirror and like almost like reach out a hand and like touch it you do you reach out a hand and touch it and yeah when you were touching it it feels like you your actual body still has it, but the reflection doesn't. You reach out and touch it, and touch like cool, like cold mirror glass, right? As you stare at your reflection. And you can sort of see like to your left, like the same thing is mirrored because there's a mirror boxing you into the left as well, right? Uh, but something about that reflection seems even more different than the one you're looking at. Do you turn to observe? I do. You turn to observe and that reflection has long hair just sort of cascading down your shoulders, right? Uh, Like the hair that you cut off when you left. Does that reflection look younger? No. It looks to be your age, like what you could have been if you hadn't left. You look at your reflection, your reflection looks back. What do you do? I'm gonna mark a box because fuck me. Uh, and with, I think, Dream Hunter still like burning, uh, like an ochre, Oka's like temper just like ig- ignited, you know, from the like heavy stone of the god, all of the shit that's that like is holding on to them, like, 
carrying them, making them heavy. The sword, numerous among them, uh, they like, they take the sword and they like, just like shatter that mirror. The one with the long hair or the one that you were touching? The one with the long hair. And I think they like take a few steps to like swing at it, you know? As you take a few steps forward and you let out like a roar, right? And you, uh, ah, you swing the sword at it. You see, you see the reflection reach for the scabbard, right? Like, just like you did and like pull out, but it doesn't pull out Dream Hunter at all. It's like, it's miming you. The reflection doesn't have Dream Hunter. And as you swing it down, at the very last moment, the reflection moves in a way that you didn't. It reaches out its left hand and grabs Dream Hunter by the blade. Its hand comes out of the surface of the mirror and catches it perfectly between their thumb and their index finger and stops you like you're nothing. And you feel Dream Hunter say into your head, ah, the worthy one. Uh, And the hilt slips out of your hand and your reflection steps out of the mirror and grabs Dream Hunter. Uh, And as they do, the leather armor that they had reflected that they were wearing, like uh, ripples away to reveal like a traditional, like too long and like robe, right? That they're wearing a dueling robe, one that you wear when you duel an enemy to the death. They hold Dream Hunter, right? And then like they do like, they step, they take, they step one foot out of the mirror and they do a flourish with Dream Hunter. And you see like Dream Hunters, like, like there's like an after image where they move Dream Hunter, right? And the blade, the runes, all eight of them, bing, ding, 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 light up the length of the blade uh, as this reflection of you, what you could have been had you stayed, activates Dream Hunters eight minor boons and its major boon. And Oka, I need you to roll initiative. Podcast editing is by Marisa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Mavilis, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.